Hello everyone, and this is In This Moment Podcast, and I'm your host, Diallo Smith. This episode is titled, Women's Calling in the Church. In this conversation, we will talk about the role of a biblical woman, can women be called to higher leadership in the church, and how do women step into purpose with their spiritual gifts. I pray this conversation can bless you and that you can listen to this as a dialogue and not as a sermon. So I hope you enjoy episode three, titled Women's Calling in the Church, featuring Constance Schneider. Hey, Constance, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Um, I'm so excited uh, about this episode because we're going to be talking about women empowerment and women leadership in the church. And we've seen women not necessarily be celebrated or appreciated in the church. But now we are at this point where we're starting to see more women pastors, but also we're seeing more women in leadership in our career fields and in political positions. And so when I was trying to think of who would best be fit to have this conversation, you were the first person I thought of because not only are you a leader amongst your peers, but you're also Liberty's first elected female president. And the school has been around since 1971. So that's huge. So Mm -hmm. with all that being said, can you just introduce everybody? Yeah. Uh, My name is Constance. And like you said, I'm the first elected female student body president at Liberty. Um, and also, like you said, Liberty's been around for almost 50 years. Um, so to me, it was kind of crazy that I'm one of the first, um, but I am from Atlanta, Georgia. I go to school at Liberty. My major, I'm double majoring in industrial organizational psychology and Spanish, and I hope to go to law school after undergrad. So that's kind of a little bit about me. That's so exciting. I'm so, it's crazy that you're going to go to law school and you made that decision. I'm so excited for you. Me too. Uh, So one of the first things I wanted to ask was, where do we first see women leading in the Bible? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, There's a lot of different examples of women leaders in the Bible. Um, A lot of them are Old Testament. There's a lot of them in the New Testament. Uh, The one that really sticks out to me, and I think she exemplifies um, a holistic example of leadership, is Deborah. So Mm. she was a judge for Israel. And back in that day, the judge was not only a judicial leader, but she was also a political and militaristic leader. So she not only had political power and militaristic power, so she commanded the army. And so she she was with the citizens and she led the citizens. And not only was she a judge, but back then the judges also acted as the prophets and the prophetesses for the nation. So um, Deborah was not only a political, militaristic and judicial leader, she was a prophetess and a spiritual leader. So we we see a very prominent example of a female spiritual leader in the Bible leading the entire nation of Israel. Back yeah. then, prophetesses and prophets, prophets acted like the mouthpiece and the spokesperson mm. for God. So what they said and, and th- their roles are very, very important. So mm-hmm. why do you think we have seen in the church that, you know, we misquote scripture about women or we don't highlight women as being leaders in the Bible. We hear about the popular ones, but there's so many examples in the Bible. And I think it's one of those things where when you have leaders in position, they have the potential to influence the group of people that they're leading. So when right. it comes to female leaders in the Bible, I think the reason why I didn't learn much about them is because I never had a female teacher, a female mentor, mm. a female pastor, a co-pastor. So a lot of the narrative I got was, it was just very like centered on prominent figures in the Bible, prominent stories. But I honestly didn't hear about any of these examples of women in the Bible. I actually bought a book called Women in the Bible, just so I could learn. <laughs> um, wow. Growing up, you know, you just learned about, you, you, of course you learn the basics, but 
um, I didn't really have a female mentor or, or someone that I looked up to, um, to really like guide me along the Bible and show me that women like that, that the Lord valued women throughout the, the story of the Bible. I always have heard, anytime I did hear about women in the Bible, I've always heard them being in the kitchen and just playing this really traditional role of not like always tending to the children, which is like, all these things are great, but that's, it was kind of just limited to what women, you know, all the capacities of them in the Bible. And one of the things I was thinking about, you know, why do we hear that women always have to tend to the home and tend to the kids? Let me look and see in scripture where that is. And so I looked at the Proverbs 31 and I was so shocked to see how many attributes that the woman was possessing as a mom and as a wife and mm-hmm. as a, a woman in the workforce. So can you explain to us what the Proverbs 30 woman, 31 woman is? Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I kind of heard the same narrative, too, that, you know, the woman's place is in the home and the woman's place is to, you know, they, they love people like to pick out the verses that say she rises early and she tends to her family. She tends to like does the household duties and stuff. Yes. And I think that in itself is a beautiful thing. Um, yes. I think that in itself can be a calling too for some people. But yes. also one of the very first ones, verse 11, really stuck out to me because it, it says the woman has the trust of her husband's heart. And so you don't really trust your heart to people that you, you think aren't competent or you think that aren't strong enough to keep your trust, you know? Yeah. So I think this verse is really important because in Ephesians it says, you know, Wives, wives, be devoted to your husband as you are unto the Lord and husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church. Yeah. And so this example of love between uh, both a husband and the wife um, is not something that's like about dominance or about right. submission or about, uh, you know, you do what I say and we'll both be happy. It's one of those things where like the wife is devoted to her family and her husband and in turn the husband sacrifices for his wife and, and right. he loves his wife just as Christ loves the church. So that's a model that um, that really stuck out to me in this passage. Another thing is I realized while reading Proverbs 31 that this woman is a businesswoman. She is a hustler. Come on. She sure uh, is. <laughs> it says she considers a field and she buys it. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Yeah. There's so many verses that point towards this woman being financially responsible, knowing mm-hmm. exactly what she wants, knowing how to get it. Um, so she's a powerhouse. I respect this woman. I want to be just like her. Yes. Um, and, and this isn't really the picture of a submissive housewife that we hear about when people teach on this passage. This is a, a picture of a strong businesswoman that is providing for her family and is going out and being successful in the world outside of her household. Um, and it even like contributes, like she said, clothes and strength and dignity, but yeah. it also says she's clothed in linen and purple. And that's like the color for royalty and wealth. So she's not only strong and dignified, but she also is reaping benefits from um, working hard and and how how strong she is. And another thing that I think is really important about this passage, and I think is very um, not really specific to women, but it's it's found a lot more often in women. The verse that says she's compassionate to the poor. Mm -hmm. I think um, a lot of times kindness can be taken for weakness, and women tend to be a little bit more kind and compassionate. And you know that's. It could be supported by a lot of research. Uh, I don't have all the references though right now. Um, but it says that she is compassionate to the poor because she opens her hand and pours the needy. So it says like she takes care of people that aren't even her family. So I think that in and itself is a strength um, wow. that she shows. And, and lastly, one of the things that I noticed um, is that she's a teacher. So mm-hmm. one of the verses, and this is like my, one of the verses, it says her opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She is teaching 
with wisdom. She's teaching kindness and she's teaching not only her children, but people around her praised by her husband and her children. And it even says towards the end of the passage that the, the surrounding community praises her for, for the kind of woman she is. Yeah. Um, so this example of a woman, I think when you unpack the verses and you look very specifically into what it's saying, it's so much more encouraging than just mm-hmm. the, you know, what I was told growing up is, Oh, she's a great housewife. And yeah. Yes. I, I want to be a great wife. And I want to be a great mother, but yes. I also, I want to be a hustler. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these verses are showing me um, the importance of being a, a, a well-rounded person and a w- yes. well-rounded woman and a woman that fears the Lord. Yes. And, and that's biblical to be a hustler and mm-hmm. to be a um, an amazing wife and be an amazing mother is biblical. I think that's so mm-hmm. important. I think even after I was, when I read Proverbs 31, I read it about two years ago and I revisited it. And I think the most important thing for people and even talking about this topic is to really just like read the Bible and read the stories and and take a further look because we've been hearing things for a while, but I think it's so good to have your eyes on them and and read the other 10 verses from that one verse, because there's just Mm -hmm. so much more in context that goes into it. And honestly, I feel like we, since we don't do this, since many people do not read, uh, the the text fully or scripture fully they start to weaponize it and i feel like we've Mm -hmm. weaponized scripture so much that we've been turning women away from the church because we've been limiting them and their gifts and their spiritual gifts to such a low capacity so what do you Mm -hmm. say to a woman who feels like the church is not for her and the bible preaches against her yeah i think um this is a very sad topic because i think a lot of women have been hurt by the church Mm -hmm. i even have my own story of i went through a period where i was very angry at the church and i was very angry at at leaders in the church because i felt like um, i wasn't being valued and i wasn't being seen for who i am and i think it's really damaging for leaders to get up in the pulpit and, and start taking like one or two verses out of context um it's kind of like if i if i'm texting you diallo and i text you a long paragraph and um, you take one of the sentences that I said in that whole paragraph and you say, that's what the whole paragraph is about. Mm. Um, that's kind of taking like a verse out of context of the chapter and of the book as a whole. And I feel like a lot of people use verses, justify their own worldview instead of yeah. really um, trying to understand these verses, trying to understand the cultural context and understand how they like who they were written for and why they were written. But I think like church hurt is something that's very common um, in a lot of women because they hear a message that you were created to be less than a man. Yeah. Um, you were created to submit. You were created to be dominated. You were created to, you know, not not be able to explore and, and, and be your own person or explore your own gifts and abilities. Yeah. Um, but if you say to women that feel that hurt is number one, I understand because I was in your shoes. Spiritual gifts are so important and, they're, and they are not gendered. And so mm. when the Lord gives you a gift of leadership or teaching, it's not something that he only gives to men. Um, mm. I personally have a spiritual gift administration. And for a long time, I was so confused as to, you know, why would the Lord give me the gift of leadership when I'm not allowed to use it? When I, as a woman, am not allowed to use it in any capacity in the church. Question I, I really struggle to understand. But one of the most important things I've learned is that the Lord he gives each and every one of us specific gifts and talents that he desires mm. for us to use for his mission uh, yeah. in our life. And so the fact that you're a woman means that you can't use this gift that the Lord gave you. Because who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the Lord or are you going to believe man? You know, yeah, um, exactly. some of those things where when we start to equate our own interpretations of scripture, our own opinions of scripture, um, when we start to equate that and give it the same kind of weight that 
actual scripture has, I think that's so dangerous because then we think our understanding is the same as the Lord's word, like words spoken from his yeah. And so I would say to women that, that feel hurt towards the church to um, really read your Bible and try and understand what your gifts are. Um, and even look at examples like how much Jesus loved women. When Jesus and his ministry, when he was alive, women were very oppressed by the surrounding culture. And yeah. um, they were not seen as valuable. They were seen as property. One way Jesus was very countercultural is that he loved women and he discipled them. Yeah. In Luke, it cites many instances where he um, is discipling Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of women disciples along with the 12. They aren't mentioned as much, but they are cited a few times. And Jesus even... You know, the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan woman, all these examples, like the bleeding woman, um, all these examples yeah. are show that the Lord, like that Jesus has a heart for women and he chose to be countercultural in the fact that he addressed them, that he talked to them, that he spoke to them, that he healed them and that he um, discipled them and, and taught them. So by reading through the ministry of Jesus, I've learned that like I'm loved by the Lord and I'm appreciated and like the Lord sees me. The first time in the Bible, the Lord is named is Hagar when she's in the wilderness. And she says, Mm -hmm. she calls God the Lord who sees. And so I think the Lord that um, all the way back then is the same Lord that we have today. I think it's so important. Like one of the things you said is just because society, you know, treated women oppressively and society is the one holding standards, that does not mean that that is the standards that God approves us, approve of. And that's Mm -hmm. why, you know, Jesus went out of his way to take care of women. And even when his resurrection happened, he had the women come and find that his tomb was empty. And so he's been very, he's always been very intentional with his ministry when it came to women. So with that being said, how has your transition into going, being a president at Liberty University as a woman, has this been good? Has this been bad, this transition of, of leading in this capacity? And like you said, this is your spiritual gift. But what has your experience been like so far? Yeah, uh, I definitely don't think I could have done any of this without the support of friends that love me and care for me mm-hmm. and know me and understand me. There have been many times, like even the beginning of this journey when I decided to run for president, I, I thought I couldn't do it. I really thought I couldn't. I didn't see anything being in my favor. I, you know, no other female had ever, except for Esther Laster, who was vice president, no other female had dared to like even strive for something like this mm. um, before. And so I was, I was very intimidated by that thought. I, you know, I was scared of failure. I was scared of humiliation. I was scared of, you know, all the things that come along with putting yourself out there um, and, and striving for a platform. But um, so I couldn't have done it without people that support me, but also like, I think one of the, things that I learned the most throughout this process is that like my openness and vulnerability Mm. is not seen as a weakness within the Christian circle. Um, And that's something that I really appreciate about being in the church is that we see people that are honest and open and vulnerable as people that are strong. We don't take it as a a weakness. Um, So I've received a lot of support from people who are willing to listen to my story and willing to talk with me and have like very, intense conversations and and understanding conversations. And so I've received a lot of support in that sense. And I think that um, I really do love being able to relate on a different level with people that that I lead and that I work with because we're Christians. So we we have this kind of relationship than I would with somebody who's a non-believer. I would say a few few bad things are that um, sometimes I feel like I have to fight for the same amount of respect and treatment that my male counterparts get 
I feel like yeah. I have to fight for that a little bit harder. It is kind of a boys club, but it's not <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world because um, I grew up with brothers, so I kind of understand it more than I think I would have if I didn't. Okay. But, um, I, I do I do have to like fight for a little bit more respect and, and to be taken seriously even. And, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. For example, like I've received a few DMs where people will like, say that I'm I'm ashamed on the position or they'll say things like why do you think you're as in, you're in, intelligent enough to have this position or capable enough first like those messages really hurt me because I thought like you know what you know why wouldn't I be I, I never had that thought cross my mind um right. and now I just kind of see it as people will say whatever they can to really get under your skin I'm always willing to listen to people that have something to say and I'm willing to sit down and understand where they're coming from but when it comes to me knowing myself and when it comes to me knowing my, my heart and, and, you know, why I'm doing these things, I know my intelligence. Like, I know I'm not making a complete fool out of myself. So um, all of these messages that I've been getting, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I take a lot of it with a grain of salt. Just, like, they don't really know me, but I'm willing to get to know them to show them that they're wrong about me. But, yeah, I would say, like, it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, it's just mm-hmm. still a shock factor to me that I'm the first elected female student body president. Yeah. Um, I really hope that changes. I think a lot of it has to do with people that are qualified not having the confidence to run or even people that are qualified not having the confidence to get involved. And so yeah. um, a mission I have for this next year is to really encourage people from all walks of campus to to really grow in their leadership experience, their professionalism, and um, their confidence in, just, in, in this specific field of SGA. So. I think it was interesting that you said you know, I'm the the first elected one besides Esther and, and SGA. And it kind of brings up the point of, well, you're not only are you the first one, but like we're starting to see like the women and their calling kind of everywhere. And even mm-hmm. in the church, you know, we have Beth Moore and Christine Kane and Sarah Jake Roberts and Joyce Meyer. And these women, like women that are preaching and, and that are taking leadership that I remember Christine Kane, when she preached, I was so blown away by her. And I was so like, I was engaged and when she was preaching and honestly, I think that was one of the first times I I heard a woman preach before. Why do you think that this is the age of the woman and and why women are now stepping into their calling? I'll start this off with, I think it's kind of sad how the secular world is so far ahead of us in the sense where it's like, I mean, you look at studies and you see like, even the statistics are kind of disproportionate, even in the secular world. But when it comes to leadership positions, like executive leadership, um, in the Christian community, I'm actually writing my senior thesis on this. In the Christian community, there is a significantly smaller number of women in executive positions that lead bodies of people that are proportionately like more. There's more women in, in churches. There more, there's more women in colleges. There's more women at Liberty. <laughs> and so when you see like the <laughs> yeah. statistics of, so why, so why does the, the population of this one institution why is it mostly women, but but how come we only have men in leadership? And I mm. think it's one of those things where women are realizing, like, the, the women that dare to, to strive for leadership positions, the women that are put there, um, I think just having a woman in a position of leadership, me seeing a leader that looks like me, that understands my experience, that I feel comfortable going to and talking to, I think that in and of itself is so valuable. Um, mm. Even specifically in churches, like if I'm a, a, a female member of this church and I really have a burden I need, I need to talk to a pastor about and there's no female pastors, who do I go to? You know, it, I don't I yeah. feel uncomfortable going to a male pastor because you've you've heard we've heard so much about sexual abuse in the church. And we've heard so much about yeah. like sexual abuse among like um, men and, and women when it comes to like this kind of relationship. Personally, like I love seeing women in leadership positions in the church because I feel like they represent me. I feel like they understand me. 
and even when they teach, I feel like there's um, an aspect of what they teach that really like strikes home more than it does when like, and of course it depends on the person and the message, but I feel like, um, I just feel very represented when I see that. Yeah. I think, um, going back to your question, I think the reason why we're seeing so many women step up biblical literacy is so important for a personal walk in Christ. And, and this is from my personal experience. I always thought, you know, reading the Bible, studying the Bible and interpreting scripture and, and talking about it in small groups, talking about it in class. I always thought that was a guy's job because, you know, mm. I, I was taught growing up, like women should be quiet in church. You know, there, there were no other women leaders. There were only men. So in my mind, I really thought that I didn't need to read my Bible and try and understand it because a guy would just tell me what I need to believe. That is such a messed up way of thinking because yeah, we need our personal walks to be strong in our faith. We need mm-hmm. to have that personal relationship with God to make sure that our lives are a reflection of what we find in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think women, they ha- they're starting to be more women leaders. And that in turn, I think is inspiring and encouraging other women to step up at Christian institutions of higher learning. And the one number one variable between um, 16 different executive female leaders was that they had a mentor. And so I think that's mm-hmm. so important is having that mentor relationship where um, I see my mentor who has made it, you know, she is, she's like the vice president, she's the president, she's the manager, she's something. And she's giving yeah. me advice on how to, how to go about my professional life, how to go about my spiritual life. I think that's such mm. an important thing for women to have is that mentorship relationship. And so I think like there's a lot of different elements to why women are getting more involved in church and why they're stepping up and leading more. But I really think it's becoming like, I think it's becoming in our minds, like it's okay now. Like I'm reading my Bible and I, I don't need my affirmation from a pastor or a male theologian to tell me like how much I'm worth as a woman. I just need to read about yes. how Jesus treated women in, in the day. And I read about how much God loved the women in the Bible. And that affirms me and that comforts me. So I'm starting to read the Bible differently now that I know that I'm I'm valued and that I'm loved by the Lord. And, and kind of one of the things I was thinking about was kind of how I was, I've been talking to a lot of my friends about, you know, what do they think about women being pastors? One thing about like women leadership in the church. And a lot of my guy friends have just had this, question of like I don't know and, and so kind of the question I want to give to you is do you think that women can be pastors it's one of those things where I think the reason why people say I don't know is because if there's a possibility we might come up with an answer that goes against what we've been taught all our lives and I think that is scary mm. to think about that's scary for me to think about because even like speaking on this issue right now in this podcast it's like do I have the authority to speak on this issue like even though I've done research on it I've read verses and verses and interpretations and translations like even now, because yeah. I know it's a very sensitive topic. I know a lot of people are hold very closely this this idea that only men can be pastors. And there's a lot of biblical evidence for women having leadership positions in the church. I want to I want to talk about Deborah really quick again. She was the spiritual leader for the nation of Israel. So if we mm-hmm. can have the highest spiritual leader for the nation of Israel back in the Old Testament, why not today? And you know, God is. Yeah. I think specific laws change over time, like. Um, eating meat and and you know things that a lot of a lot of times of like course. the Old Testament they, they didn't do, but a lot of that was like very cultural. I think the treatment mm-hmm. of women should not be a cultural thing. I think treating women equally should not be a cultural thing. So when it comes yeah. to like seeing De- Deborah as the spiritual leader for the Israelite nation, I don't see that as oh it's just a cultural. You know like no I, I mean if anything it was it was even harder for her to be that back in that day. Than it, and it yeah. now. And so I think a lot of people take, they love to take verses out of context. They love to, what I mean out of context, it's like you take a verse and you assume that that verse means 
exactly what it says and applies to us exactly today in the same way that it applied to people back then. And I think that what the, the New Testament letters are addressing, um, a lot of the New Testament letters were written to new converts. A lot of the New Testament letters were written to new church members and new pastors. And the culture back then was different too, like the surrounding pagan culture. So a lot of these verses address specific issues in churches. And so I think when Paul is sometimes writing to churches about women and the role of women, I think that it should definitely be looked into. It should be researched and it should be thought about. But there's also a lot of evidence suggests that Paul is writing these letters to these church leaders because of problems they've been having with the local pagan religious women leaders instead of the, mm-hmm. the women like in the church, you know? So, so I think you should listen before speaking. You shouldn't speak over other people that are teaching, you know? Of course. And, and so they're, like, course. They're, he's providing a model for new believers to follow. Um, and yeah. of course, like I'm not claiming to have authority on any of these verses because I, my life isn't dedicated to translating these verses. A lot of like, at least the, the personal hurt that I had from the church came from people interpreting these scriptures and looking at me and saying, um, well, you know, first Corinthians 14 says women must be silent in the church. So you can't say anything right now. So you can't speak on this verse. You can't share what you've learned. Save that for the women's ministry. And mm. that provides like such a deep level of hurt um, that I think is, is, it shouldn't be because yeah. Um, even in first Corinthians, there's another verse, a few chapters earlier that says women must, must wear head coverings when speaking. So if women are wearing head coverings while speaking, how, the, how can they like be forced to be silent? So I think even yeah. like looking at this, like you have to look at the whole book instead of that one verse, because I think Paul yeah. was saying like women can speak in the church. They just, they just should like wear head coverings because of the culture at that time. And also they must be silent in the church when other people are speaking. Um, so I think that yeah. there's a lot of like ways to interpret these verses. There's a lot of incorrect ways. There's a lot of correct, like, and so I think we need to take a step back and really look at the Bible and look at the heart of God. Like, how did the Lord treat women? One thing that I really struggled with when I was younger, the Lord created me to be lesser than a man. Um, mm. and Cause that's the kind of idea that I got from listening in church when we, they talked about the fall, how have dominance over the husband and then listening to verses on like to, to sermons on the first Corinthians passages and the first Tim- Timothy two passages that talk about women yeah. being silent and not being allowed to teach. Like I, I heard so many sermons on these passages that I began to believe mm-hmm. that the Lord made me as a woman less than a man because of these verses, mm. because I wasn't allowed to do these certain things. And that's yeah. not true at all. The Lord, you know, the under Christ, there's neither male nor female. The Lord loves women and men equally. Like he created us both to glorify him in the ways that we do. Just knowing that the Lord completely values me and completely loves me no matter what people interpret these scriptures as, like no matter what their ideas are of these scriptures, like I'm going to stand by the God that I read about in the Bible who sees and who provides and who loves and is always present. So I'm, I'm going to stand by reading scripture. So yes, that is amazing. And something else I wanted to add on to it was, even in Micah 6, 4, it says with Miriam, it says that she was a leader of the nation along with Moses and Aaron. And again, like how you were saying, you know, we, the God in the Old Testament is the same God that's in the New Testament. That's the same God that is here today. And so it's important to really, I think, honestly, what it's coming down to is just reading the, the full context, reading the full scriptures. Because when you read the full scripture, you read the full Bible, you start to see of, um, sometimes like the Bible will say as a script of saying like, oh, woman, be quiet because like you're talking really loud. But it, again, it's not a command from God saying you have no authority to speak. How do men in the church come alongside you guys and try to empower and to uplift you and to just encourage you guys in your spiritual gifts and in your ministry? 
Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of different ways you can come alongside your sisters in Christ and encourage them in their gifts. I think one of the most important ways to encourage your female friend is to just listen to them. Um, mm. When you have a female friend that's a believer and she has just read something in the Bible that she really thinks is profound and that has really affected her life, um, take a few seconds and listen to her and, and affirm her and by, that by listening, you're affirming like what she's read. Uh, and by like trying to understand and asking questions and, and being very engaged with what she's saying, you're really like showing her that what she's saying matters. And I think a lie that a lot of women Christian believe is that, you know, anything that we say about scripture is, a, it, it, is it doesn't matter. It doesn't have any value because we, we can't be authoritative when it comes to talking about scripture. And so I think one thing that guys can do is really listen to their female friends and encourage their female mm-hmm. friends to read the Bible and encourage their female mm-hmm. friends to get in the word and study the word and really have that quiet time every day. Um, so that's one way I think just encouraging your friends to really um, have their own spiritual life and have their own walk with God and, and tell you about it and talk about it and be open about it. And I think another way is encouraging your female friends to use their spiritual gifts. So when I, I have um, a small group leader who he has the same spiritual gift as me administration. And one thing I remember, I remember I was so scared to go to him about it, advice about my spiritual mm. gift. Very scared because I didn't really know what his reaction would be. I thought I wasn't supposed to have it. I was like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> and so after talking <laughs> to him, though, he really gave me a different perspective. And he gave me this great advice. He gave me um, advice on how to deal with my gifts, on how to how to use it in the right way. Without that advice, I'm not really sure I'd be where I am today. Um, mm. So even just like, incur- like, and also this youth pastor, like he encouraged me. And he like said, you know what, I can see this gift in you and you're going to do great things. Like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm supporting you. And without that kind of support and that kind of advice that I got from him, I'm not really sure that I really understand what my gifts mean or even how to use them. So I think encouraging your your female Christian friends and using their spiritual gifts, if it's teaching, honestly, ask your female friend to teach something, like teach you something they found in the Bible earlier or ask them to like, you know, like listen to them when they they are excited and telling you about what they're learning. There's so many examples that I could give, but just like listening, giving advice and encouraging and and even like empowering your female friends like saying hey like i've noticed you have this gift and i really i want to encourage you to really get in the word and like i want to challenge you to get in the word so those kinds of things have really always helped me and i think a lot of women in the church have so many things they want to say but they just don't think anyone will listen or they also Mm -hmm. don't really have an avenue or a platform to speak and so i think supporting your female friends in all of those endeavors um, and even providing opportunities for them to speak or for leadership positions or suggesting them or, or referencing them or something like that, where it's like, if you can get their foot in the door, then like you've done your work, um, especially. Yeah. And so, so I think those are really important things um, to help your female sisters in Christ in, in their faith walk. Yeah. And I think another good thing, too, is I know with one of my friends, she was saying how when she reads the Bible, like she just always feels like this the scriptures against her and different things like that. And one time I, I just told her like, let's look in the Bible ourselves and figure out what it is. And it was really good to show her the scripture of how the Bible actually empowers her and actually encourages her. And I think an important thing is if someone's telling you, no matter 
no matter what the the case is or or topic is if they say that this is what the bible is saying and it's harmful then you should you have the responsibility to go back into that scripture and look at the text and make sure you're reading it with full context and and help guide them onto what the scripture is actually saying instead of what um what they are assuming or how they are perceiving it i think that's a really good way mm-hmm. also to help yeah. very important role of scripture is to convict us when we read something and we know we're in sin is to convict us and, and make sure that we understand that we're in sin. Um, so when yeah. women are reading the Bible and they feel convicted about like honestly desiring leadership or desiring um, to be a teacher or a preacher, I think that that is very cultural and it's not really from scripture. If you're reading something and you feel like you don't really feel convicted, but you feel like, why do I feel like I have to be convicted about reading this or feeling this? Like definitely talk to somebody, definitely reach out. Um, talk to your friends, talk to your pastor about it, because there's a lot of things I think that we can go through as women that we don't realize that affect the way we read scripture and the way we de- develop yes. our spiritual lives. Yeah. Wow. Um, I am so happy that we got to have this conversation. This was so refreshing. And I've been so encouraged just to see how you've been completely walking in your calling and your purpose with your gift. And I'm so happy that you were able to just come on this podcast and just share this knowledge with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Diallo, for everything. It was really an honor to be here. Um, of course. And so can you just close us out in prayer of just praying for the women and that we can keep encouraging women to step into their gifts and step into their purpose and their role and to really read scripture fully and to not allow church hurt, church hurt or a weaponized scripture uh, to make them walk away from Christ? Mm-hmm. Of course. Dear Father, thank you so much for this time that we have today just to discuss these things that are very close to not only my heart, but also Diallo's heart. Um, and Lord, I pray specifically for my sisters in Christ right now. And I pray that they will find truth in your word and they will seek it on their own. And Lord, I pray that they will develop their spiritual lives. And And when they read something and they have questions, Lord, I, I pray that you'll give them the boldness and the courage to ask people about it and to start conversations. Um, God, I pray for specifically for my brothers in Christ, that they will encourage their sisters and they will encourage them to read scripture. Um, and I also pray for the church as a whole, God. I pray that um, we will come together and we'll be unified and we'll earnestly seek you through this time. Um, and I pray for anyone that might be experiencing church hurt. God, I pray that they will um, they will come back to you, Lord, and that yeah. they will have people in their life that speak life into them, that speak truth into them. Um, and I thank you so much for this opportunity, God. And I thank you for Diallo and everything that he's doing through this podcast. Um, and you name I pray. Amen. I am so thankful for that prayer from my friend Constance, and I thank you for listening to this entire episode. I pray that after this, you can start conversations in your church and amongst peers about women in the church and how we can keep encouraging them and their leadership capabilities. Again, please subscribe, share with others, and comment your favorite part. Lastly, thank you for being in this moment with us. Stay tuned for more episodes.